In this episode of Great Practices, we'll find out what the typical day of a salesperson looks like, the best time for a project manager to get involved in a project, what project managers do that help or hurt a deal, and find out the secret to creating a great working relationship with customers and salespeople alike. Plus, listen in as our guest, Sal DeMarco, attempts to hijack the podcast and make it his own. It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. We'd like to welcome you to this month's episode of Great Practices, and we have another great one uh, that we're going to be going over today, Uh, because here's the deal. Nothing happens until something is sold, and on the flip side of that, selling can't be sustained or continue unless something is delivered, so both selling and delivering must exist for a company to be viable. But there's many times this tug of war that comes between the sales organization and the delivery people. And I've always wondered why that was. And my realization is, is that salespeople and delivery people, think PMO, think project managers, are typically cut from two very different types of cloth. So there's no set rule, and this is probably stereotyping. But salespeople are all about relationships and opportunities, and they can handle ambiguity and plans changing on a dime. They're coming up with creative and sometimes unconventional ways to solve clients' problems. So that is a very needed skill set. Delivery people, however, are many times about schedules, deadlines, cost containment, reining in scope, getting the project out the door so people can be freed up to work on the next project. So this necessary friction uh, sometimes will cause problems to arise between a PMO and salespeople. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Sal DeMarco, who has been a professional salesperson for many decades now, and is going to help us really to figure out how we can get the best of both worlds. So Sal, we'd like to uh, welcome you to this episode of Great Practices, and we appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate the invite. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you have done over your career? Yeah, sure. I've been in uh, sales for high tech sales for over 30 years, and uh, it's mostly been in infrastructure, uh, telecommunications, data center. I spent some time at Cisco, worked for a few resellers of data center gear, and, and I did take a little bit of a career change going to work for um, NCR. Uh, selling services, uh, meaning we would service anything that happened inside a store, whether that be point of sale, uh, laptops, Apple products, wireless, router servers, anything. So it was a little bit different, and I I actually enjoyed that, but I missed uh, some of the high-tech engagement. So I I moved into um, software sales, which I'm in now, and I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Nice. So you, you basically, you've got decades of sales experience under your belt then, and just really being able to see it from a high tech perspective and, and the infrastructure as well. So definitely sounds like you're going to know what you're talking about. We'll see. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's start with this. I know you're going to know the answer to this. Can you tell us what is the typical day in the life of a salesperson? Help, help us PMO people relate to what that is. Well, there's a couple of uh, objectives that, that we need to do each day. Uh, and each salesperson is a little bit different, but um, my, my first priority is an existing customer to make sure that existing projects are running well. And, and that's why I'm passionate about, you know, good project management. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm on top of things that I've already sold because, you know, happy customer buys more. Um, however, as you mentioned, you know, there's ambiguity, plus we, we do have some stress that we've got a quota hanging over our heads. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and our total compensation is typically made up of 50% salary, the other 50% is commission. So we're always looking for um, the, the next customer, uh, next customer's problems that we can solve and, and therefore bring more revenue in for the company that we're working for. And that adds to the commission and, and our total compensation. Yeah, so that's a, that's a balancing act there, I would imagine then, right? So you've got the, the current customers and then you've also, I mean, and the fact that your paycheck is balanced on that as well. That's that can bring a little bit of stress. To yeah, you. I prioritize. I, I keep a list at my desk, and I cross out and change and move things up and down. I don't know how many, probably a dozen times a day, because uh, you know things change constantly. Sure. Yeah. So again, there's that ambiguity, right? That uh, that you guys can deal with so so well. So when is it then in the sales process when you're taking care of existing customers or you're looking for new opportunities, when would you typically engage with a PMO and or project managers? Is there a time that's too soon, time too late? What does that look like for you? Yeah, well, with an existing customer, we, we've already established the, the project manager. So it might be a better discussion to talk about uh, a, you know, a, a new prospect. Sure. And so I would not in, in bring in um, PS until we had a, uh, the customer knew, well, we, together we determine what their issues are and, and which ones I can solve. As soon as I figure that out, I try to bring in um, professional services right away. Uh, not necessarily the project manager, because that comes in a little bit later, but bring in professional services so that, you know, the, the solution that I'm selling can be supported by professional services. And, um, Usually we don't bring the project manager in until we're really close to uh, getting the sale. And, you know, earlier is always better, but you don't want to go too early because what if it doesn't happen? So I don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah. But when I feel real good about, hey, it looks like this project's going to be a go, um, you know, I'll ask a professional services, my counterpart on that side of the business to bring in a project manager and together we'll explain to that um, PM exactly what the customer is looking for, and the time frame. Time frame, as you know, Chris, is is extremely important to the customer, and 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 the you know the companies that's providing the solution and the customer timeline aren't always the same, and that's where you get into a little friction. Yeah. So would you would you say it's it's like the the salesperson is looking for the opportunity, professional services is helping solve 
or bring the solution to the table. And then at that point in time, that's when it's going to transition over to the project manager. Once that solution really has been defined. Well, define not two things need to happen. It has to be defined. And then we have to feel comfortable that this is going to go forward. Again, I don't want to bring them Got in it. once it's defined because the customer may not ever, you know, move forward with the project. So again, you know, I could do that and it's, it's just not fair for me to bring folks in unless we're pretty sure, you know, it's going to happen. Got it. So let me ask you this then, what would happen if a uh, project manager gets involved too late? What's the, what's the consequences of that? Well, as, as you know, the project manager plays a very important role in the success of the project. And um, again, that's why I like to bring them in as early as possible, but not too early. If you bring them in too late, um, they have to scramble to understand you know, the solution as well as what the customer's needs are. And the customer picks up on that immediately. They, they sense, hey, this project manager who's responsible for the success of this project has not been um, adequately updated and uh, educated as to how this is going to go. Yeah. And the reason why they know that's obvious is you, you really get into detail when you have a, a project kickoff, as an example. And if that project manager um, stumbles, and you know, misses a couple of key dates or key, uh, key, key important um, parts of the, the solution, they immediately sense that uh, the credibility may not be what they want it to be with not only the project manager, but, but what they just bought, what they just wrote a big check for. Right. This was a very recent uh, event, uh, probably two or three weeks ago. Um, we had sold two um, use cases to, um, to a, a very large cable company. It was for their business intelligence uh, to be able to interconnect to, to a couple, you know, a database to an application, uh, which would allow data scientists to really analyze what, what's going on in the business. So, you know, pretty, pretty important stuff because business decisions are often made now uh, with, with, uh, with data, right? I mean, that's how decisions should be made. But uh, with the technology today, there's so much data out there that uh, you really need to gather all of that and, and analyze it correctly. So that, that's what these two projects were all about. Um, and the, the customer was getting a little anxious because they, they didn't hear from us, uh, you know, after the deal was sold. And it's because we were scrambling to get resources. And I'm sure project managers out there shake their heads. Yes, that happens a lot, right? Yeah. Um, so, so by the time we found the resources, um, in, in this case, we hadn't found the architect and the consultant yet, but we did find the project manager. And to appease the customer, because they were getting really nervous, we said, hey, we'll have a, this is not a kickoff, but we're going to have a, you know, kind of a general meeting to get to know the project manager and, uh, and that she'll get to know you guys. So um, unfortunately, the professional services sales guy, my counterpart, was not able to attend. And thankfully, I did because the first words out of her mouth um, when we got with the, the customer was, hey, I noticed in this order um, that there's not an architect, that you guys only agreed to consultants. Now, architects are a little bit higher level and, and more expensive resource. And um, I quickly jumped in and said, hey, 
um, we've already done a very detailed discovery and um, it, it's already architected. So in this solution, we, we just need a consultant to help um, get these two use cases going. Yeah. And, and that was that was the first words out of her mouth. So I knew right away credibility was probably going down. Um, and, and, and it kind of got worse from there. Um, <laughs> so we kind of focused in on the, the consultant, uh, you know, what they're going to be doing. And then she asked the customer, what, what sort of skills, uh, you know, do you need in a consultant? So I know what to look for. And again, I had to jump in and say, you know, we, we've done a discovery. We know exactly what the skill set needs to be. Um, and we'll, we'll have a very detailed sales, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, solution kickoff when, when that consultant has been um, determined. And, you know, customers usually know yeah. with special services that they need to take some, we need to take some time to find the right resource. But, uh, you know, those two questions right up front, um, you know, was, did, did not bode well. Um, and I think, I think that know, brings up, I think that brings up a, you know, a, oh, I think that brings up a valid point, like as far as the timing of getting them involved, you know, even if they come in too late, they may be asking some of the same questions, right? And things that's already exactly. been decided, that's, things that have already been exactly covered, right. you know, and if, if they had been involved at the right time earlier on, they would have been up to speed with that. And that would have certainly, you know, hopefully helped with that situation you were in. Was were they able to recover from that situation? Um, yeah, well, yes and no. You know, um, we we got a kind of a nasty email from the customer saying, "Hey, this was not what we expected," um, and um, you know, we really need to get this project kicked off properly. So, yeah. you know, we we did recover. We we, we got it. You know, a yeah. very good consultant. I mean, in a way, it was good because. I demanded that we get one of the best consultants now that we sort of fell down. Um, and so the customer was very pleased, but uh, you know, I just get anxious when I sense the customer's anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think for the most part, usually, I mean, if you've gone that far in the relationship and the sales process, they are going to give you a second chance, maybe, you know, but it's, that's a big maybe. And, and that's probably about it. You know, that, that's know, a good point. That Chris. And, um, and you mentioned this up front about salespeople, you know, generally, you know, focus on relationship. And we did have a very good relationship and that's why yeah. we didn't get thrown out on our ear. But um, if you don't, if you don't establish that relationship and confidence, they'll say, you know, gosh, I, I've got no confidence in you guys. I'm you know, going to move on. Yeah. What are some other things? I don't like to dwell on the negative, but I, I do like to look at some of the things that, uh, you know, project managers may do that could kill a deal. What are some of the other things that you've seen um, that, you know, just don't help move things forward? Well, I, you know, I mentioned that uh, timeframes are extremely important to, to both sides. Um, and you, usually getting to know what the solution is and when the customer needs it by, we have already talked to um, professional services about, you know, when we can actually deploy this. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, when the customer needs a quick turn, um, we can either do it or, or we can't, you know, so if we can't, you have to be honest and say, listen, here's why we can't. Um, and a lot of times if you explain why, whatever that reason is, yeah. um, you know, they're somewhat forgiving or they would say, 
no, this has to be done or else, you know, we'll lose this or we'll lose that account or, you know, it's the end of our quarter and, you know, Wall Street's not going to be happy. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why something has to be done at a certain time. Um, and usually we'll know yeah. that up front and, and we'll find the resources to, to pull it off. But, but sometimes that communication doesn't happen. You know, the customer doesn't tell you why it's so important. And we thought, well, I'm sure it'll be fine if we conclude this project a couple weeks later. Um, so, so timing is important. And I've seen this happen more than once where the project manager doesn't understand the importance of the timing. Um, and right. they'll say, oh, we can't do that, you know, in that period of time. And again, you know, somebody's going to have to jump in and say, no, we, we've talked about that. We have the resources. This and because a lot of project managers go by, you know, experience of, you know, how long certain things will take. Well, there's always exceptions. And so they need to be yeah. aware of the exceptions. So I'm not saying that's the project manager's fault. It's, it's you know, the salesperson's fault. It's uh, professional services fault for not having a really good internal kickoff. So I, you know, I insist anytime we're gonna to talk to the customer that you know, I make sure that the project manager is well acquainted with the solution and the timeframe um, to, to pull these things off. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good suggestion because I mean, you gotta set everybody up for success and make sure they've got the, you know, the same information going in. And I'll tell you, I'll be, I was guilty of this years ago as a dutiful, project manager, you know, I would go along with some of uh, uh, our salespeople. And I remember vividly one conversation we were having with a customer and he had committed to a date. And I looked at him and I said, we can't do that, <laughs> you know, in front of the, <laughs> in front of the customer. And uh, I learned a lesson that day because he, he did exactly, he jumped in, he says, well, you know, this has to be in, the, in place and this has to be in place and this has to be in place. And then I walked away from there and that was, that was a lesson learned. It was, you know, it's yes. And it's yes. If it's yes, but so, you know, there is room for negotiation and there's room for, you know, being able to bring other resources to the mix or being able to extend dates, whatever, but to just have that arbitrary and I'm sorry, but that's what sometimes we will do as project managers have that arbitrary. We can't do that you know, that does not, that does not serve a deal well, right? You know, that, that reminds me, Chris, of a specific uh, situation um, where, and, and, you know, project managers know this, it's, there's responsibilities on both sides. It's not just the company providing the solution. The customer has to do certain things, you know, get a, you know, when I was selling data center, they had to have the electric in, they had to have, um, you know, air conditioning, you know, had a whole, they had to have all these things. They had the racks needed to be there, the wiring needed to be, you know, that there was a lot of that stuff. Um, and then on, you know, some more simple um, projects, a lot of times the, the, the installation team, uh, they'll need documentation about, hey, how do I inter interconnect, you know, uh, for installing point of sale or laptops or this and that. They need documentation from the customer that says this is this is how our network works, or or this is how you connect, and or these are like, even as simple as these are the cables we need, um, and if right. and if we don't get that from the customer, um, then then the project gets delayed. So it's also important for the project manager to be pretty stern, you know, and say we could meet this date as long as we you know we get the documentation, we get this, we get that. Your room is set up, yep. uh, you know. 
whatever needs to be done. So, you know, the project manager sometimes has to be a little bit of a bad guy. And, and that's, that's not, and I completely support that, um, you know, as long as it's done professionally, because, you know, it yeah. lets the customer know this is, you know, we both have skin in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's on, everybody's got to carry their own weight is what needs to happen. Everybody's got to move that forward. And, and to your point, they know what needs to be done. So let's, let me shift it a little bit. What are some of the things that you've seen project managers, PMOs do that do help move the deal deal forward or perhaps even help close it? What's, what's the positive side of things there? Um, well, it, it, at a high level, it's, it's exuding confidence, right? Confidence okay. in the team that we're bringing to the table to you know, get this project successfully deployed. Confidence that the date can be met. Um, you know, it's, it's really pretty, pretty simple um, to have that confidence come from the project manager. But I, I think it's important for project managers to, to know how important it is in your body language and, and um, you know, your voice. And, um, you know, we were, we were doing, when I was at NCR, we were doing a real big deal um, for one of the, you know, country's largest department stores. And uh, I mean, it was it was a huge thing where we were going to um, take over all the stores, maintenance from you know point of sale to printers to Apple laptops to you know even the CEO's um, video uh, screen in, in their headquarters in New York City. So it was a it was a pretty intense uh, project, and the project manager that we had on it. Um, you know her, um, you know her body language just didn't didn't exude that that confidence, um, and you know there were there were some comments about well gee we've never done that before, which you know which is true but you know you could kind of keep that to yourself. I, you know there's 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 the, um, these three words I I've got these little three word things that I work by basically and one of them is competence confidence credibility, you know you got to know what you're doing. And if you know what you're doing, that will exude confidence. And if you can exude that confidence, then you can establish that credibility, right? And that's what that whole thing is about with that strong relationship. So, um, so I think in those situations where you can exude that confidence, a lot can get done. And, you know, I've seen very successful projects transition from professional services, from the sales side of things because of, you know, that confidence right there and being able yeah, to. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down, Chris, and I think that, the listeners may want to do that too. So what are those three C's again? What was the first one? So wait, am I on your show? What, what is the deal here? <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is the first one is competence. You have to know what you're right? doing. Second sure. one is confidence. If you know what you're doing, you will be able to exude that confidence. And then the third one is that that will lend itself towards credibility. And that's a big deal because then at that point in time, you can say, trust me, this is what is going to happen, or trust me, I know we haven't done this before, but this will work out, you know, and that's a big deal in order to, you've, that's the only thing you've got going for you as a project manager is really that, that credibility. That, yeah, I, I agree that that last C is extremely important and you're not going to get there without the, you know, I talked a lot about having the confidence coming in and um, of course, you know, we expect project managers to be competent, um, but, but sometimes they're not. So, you know, that's when we have to really do extra education and internal meetings to make them competent, right? We want yeah. to support people. You know, there's new project managers that come in and, you know, we can't expect them to 
you know, to nail it. Um, is, yeah. And, they're, and they, they got to get up to speed quickly. I mean, they're going in a million different directions and, you know, there's outside of the box solutions coming in and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that there. So let me change directions a little bit back toward, let's talk about salespeople a little bit more. So salespeople, all salespeople are not created equal. Um, what have you seen with perhaps other salespeople, not you, of course, but that causes problem with a PMO, of course. Of course. <laughs> right. You know, what, what, what have you seen with other salespeople that causes problems with the PMO and what advice would you give? Well, I, I think the big thing is promising something that they know can't be delivered, you know, either as a solution or in the right time frame, and and that's uh, you know, either you know, kind of a incompetent salesperson, uneducated salesperson, or or somebody who's just trying to get the deal and, and move on. You know, I don't see that too much in, in large corporations because you know, they usually hire correctly. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, some of the young folks coming up, you know, they don't have some of the skills that us older guys do that have seen it all and kind of know how to navigate through, you know, issues. But, yeah, you, you don't, you know, there's a, let's see if I can say this right you want to um under promise and over deliver yeah that's um I, so those are just two words chris i have to come up with a third one since you like three words but um you know i i think if you do that as opposed to you know over promise and under deliver sure um th then that's that's not good and and, and the you know good salespeople, you know do it right and and, and the bad ones don't um or they don't communicate with project management or, or professional services. Again, there's gotta be a lot of internal communication before you get, um, you know, have a kickoff meeting with the customer. So, so. Let's, let's just pick one of those, like the, the, the overseller, right? How, what's a good way to work with an overseller, somebody that overcommits? Like what advice would you give in that scenario? For, for project manager to, yeah. that's working or with- Or project a, manager, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the worst case is you have to go to the person's boss, right? Um, mm -hmm. But but sometimes that's needed. But before you get to that point, I think again, not in front of the customer, but in, and say, you know, we can't do that, um, and you know, um, you, you want to again have a, a conversation before you get to the customer. But you know, in this day and age, we're all moving fast. Let's say that doesn't happen, and. Uh, you know, as a project manager, you've been around for a long time, you've got the confidence, uh, confidence and credibility, and the, the salesperson in front of the customer says, you know, um, yeah, we could do that in half the time, uh, or we could meet your date, or yeah, we, this solution works. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't recommend, as a project manager, uh, saying anything in front of the customer, but, um, you know, certainly afterwards, you know, educating the salesperson, hey, here's why we can't do this. And together, let's figure out a, um, a solution and a, and a dialogue that we can go back to the customer and, and kind of, you know, save face here. And you know what, I think you netted it out. There's, there's the great practice is that the project manager and the salesperson, they need to collaborate, they need to work together, they need to partner, they need to educate each other. 
Um, they need to communicate with each other. And in doing so, you know, that, that relationship is really what can bring that, you know, success of that project um, and, you know, deliver what that customer was expecting. So I think that's, I think that's a real good point as far as uh, that would solve, that would solve all problems, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, talk to me, just yeah. talk to me. That's it. It's like, you know, whether you're overselling, whether you're setting dates arbitrarily, whether you're, you know, just coming up with these wild prices out of anywhere, just talk to me and we can figure it out together and we can work through it, you know? So I think that's great, great advice. Any other advice or insight, Sal, that you would offer as far as relating to working with project managers or PMOs and that whole relationship between sales and delivery side of things? Well, you know, um, I think, you know, relationships with the customer shouldn't be all just on the, you know, uh, the salesperson. I, I think, um, again, it depends on what industry you're in and, you know, what company policies are. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on, you know, bringing the team together yeah. with also with the customer. You know, uh, if you have that relationship, you could, you know, if something falls down, you could, you could get back up and, and fix it. Uh, if you don't have that relationship, it's, it's going to be tougher to turn that bad situation around. So I, I encourage project managers to also you know, not just rely on the salesperson to, you know, get to know the customers on a, you know, semi-personal basis, um, yeah. you know, you know, make, make sure you get invited to, um, you know, kick off, you know, a lot of times after kickoff meetings, they'll say, yeah, let's go out for dinner and, you know, uh, maybe recommend to the salesperson if they don't invite you, just say, hey, you know, I've, I've found it helpful to, to be involved in these things to um, also have a relationship where that helps um, establish that credibility. Yeah. So basically just talk to me. That's all. That's what it comes yeah. down to. That, yeah. that, that's right. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just talk together and, and everybody can figure it out heading in the same direction. And then, you know, when you have these um, kind of off, I call them offsite meetings, uh, of course, COVID stopped that for yeah. a couple of years, but um, you know, once that turns around a little bit, You'll also find more things out about the project um, that didn't come up because you you can't cover everything in a in a document or a kickoff meeting. You know when you're kind of you know again having lunch or dinner, um, you know invariably work comes up. But you know of course you want it to, and you find out some other things. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's good to know. Based on that, I'm going to do things a little differently. Sure. Um, and and again that gives you know, even more credibility yep. and confidence in, in the, you know, project management team. Well, Sal, we appreciate you uh, coming on today. This was very insightful, you know, just as far as um, just, just understanding more of the sales process, understanding how, you know, PMOs, project managers can partner better with uh, professional services, with the sales team, working closely with the customers. So we really appreciate you being on today. Now, what's a good way, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's what's a good way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. They could uh, send uh, an email to sal.demarco at outlook.com. It's S-A-L dot D-E-M as in Mary, A-R-C-O at outlook.com. And be glad to uh, entertain any questions or comments. Perfect. And you're on LinkedIn too, I would, I would presume. Yeah, I am. 
So yep. that's a good way as well. So that's right. All right. So, well, thanks again for your time today and we will talk to you soon. Chris, appreciate the invite. And we certainly do appreciate Sal joining us today. What did were we able to glean out of today's episode? Well, I like his description of a typical day in the life of a salesperson. He's taking care of existing customers and projects. And then he's also balancing that with finding new customers to help solve their problems and bring revenue into the company. What about when a project manager should get involved? It's kind of like Goldilocks, right? Not too soon, not too late. It has to be just right. Because if we bring in a project manager too early, uh, we waste their time if the deal doesn't move forward. If we bring them in too late, we find that they have to scramble to get up to speed and become educated. So I liked his criteria of the timing was, number one, can this project be supported? So professional services has been involved and they say, yes, this solution. Number one, can this project be supported? So professional services has been involved and they say, yes, this solution is viable. And two, is there a good chance of this project moving forward? Now, you'll have to determine what that is for your company, but if the percentage is high and it says that it can be supported by professional services, that'll be the perfect time to get a project manager involved. Now, what about the horror story of that project manager that wasn't up to speed? Starts asking a lot of questions that have already been answered. Certainly undermines their credibility. Now, we could certainly blame that on the salesperson who didn't invite them or debrief them, debrief them earlier. But it's also within our right as project managers to demand that debrief or to be able to understand what that project is about before we're sitting in front of the customer. So certainly something to keep in mind as well, because it's up to us to exude that confidence. That's one confidence that comes across in our body language, in the voice, in the questions that we ask and how we carry ourselves. And part of carrying ourselves the correct way is not being so quick to say no. I, I also appreciated his point there because we as project managers are probably wired to say no because it doesn't fit in with this box or within the scope or within this timeline. But maybe just reposition that a little bit and say, yes, if this happens or yes, but this won't get done until later. So we can at least move things forward, start getting things done with the caveat that some things may happen later or if other things happen to be true. And I like the point about the different types of salespersons that there are. Like, what about the one that will overpromise or overcommit? How do we work with somebody like that? Just have the, converse, the conversation, not in front of the customer, but just before you're meeting with a customer, maybe after met with a customer, but you need to have a united front. And the only way that can happen is with communication. So again, we'd like to thank Sal for being on today. We certainly got a lot of great practices out of that conversation. And speaking of great practices, if you have one that you'd like to share, go to thepmoleader.com, click on content, great practices podcast, and then there's a form that's at the bottom that you can fill out and someone will get in touch with you shortly. Also, be sure not to miss an episode by subscribing to Great Practices on your favorite podcast platform. 
And if you like what you hear, we've had some great guests for sure. Be sure to share this with your manager, your colleagues, your family. Why not? Let's get as many people benefiting from these insights we receive from our guests. So thanks again for listening to this episode. So thanks again for listening to this episode and keep putting great practices into practice. Thank you.